0: Welcome to Tech of a T episode the eighth. I'm gonna go with the eighth, yeah. So welcome to the new episode. As you can see, I am by myself again. Next week I will have a guest. One of my mates is coming onto the podcast. I should be recording that on Wednesday or so, but it will obviously go up at the normal time. Before we get too lost on that though, there is two things I wanna say. So, firstly, it's about this main this uh this this main this this channel here, the uh Not the one on YouTube, the one on Library. So on Library, as of the recording of this podcast, I have just passed 1,000 subscribers on Library, which is ridiculous. So I'm still at like 63 on YouTube, so the YouTube isn't growing. But the Library is doing really, really good. And the other thing I wanted to say is that I have also just passed 5,000 subscribers on YouTube for my main channel. So that is awesome. Honestly, I I, I would like to have more viewers on YouTube for the podcast, but... I'm happy as it is, so 5,000 on the main channel on YouTube I think I'm like 4,500 on library for the main channel and then 1,000 for this on library All of that is awesome So I just wanted to get that out of the way just so I didn't forget about it Now, what did I actually want to talk about today? So I've actually got a couple of things on my notes for once Usually there's like maybe three or four things and the rest of it kind of just happens miraculously but, I actually did have notes today, and the first thing I wanted to talk about was that, uh, I don't know how this happened, I didn't know she even used the platform, but I noticed that I got a new follower on Instagram the other day, and <laughs> the reason I bring this up is, so I've talked in the past about how my stepdad, he watches my stuff on YouTube, which is already weird enough because he's a farmer who has basically no knowledge of computers, and it's like, I'm just gonna watch Brody's Linux content why i (laughs) I don't know why but this one i guess i can kind of understand so i noticed i got a new follower on instagram and the new follower was my mum so (laughs) i don't at first i didn't know she had an instagram account that was the first weird thing and yeah because i i was like okay is that actually her and then i realized that she's being followed by my sister so okay it probably is her she doesn't have anything on the account she follows, like, the Port Adelaide football team and me, my sister, and, like, a couple of other things that she's obviously interested in, but I didn't think she even had an account. That was the first thing that threw me off. I haven't talked to her about it, just... I could ask her if she actually has the account, or I know that if you... You can just connect a Facebook account, it creates just, um like an Instagram account, so she might have had that compromised, I know that both of them have had accounts compromised in the past, but I'm going to assume that it is probably her account, because it sounds like something she would do, I remember having to teach her how to use email, and now she's just like joining random social media platforms, and then just following her children, I don't know why she <laughs> why she did that, but it was real weird when it happened, and I guess we're going to start off the, uh, the podcast with a very happy note, so I think on Instagram, I have <clears throat> 34 followers. I don't know. I do not really use Instagram that much. I just made it post a couple of things on there. And whatever happens with that account happens with it. I have on that note of a, a podcast, not podcast, of social media that I don't care about that I might end up doing. I might not saying I will. I might make a TikTok just to take the piss out of it. Because I know there's some Australian comedians who've been doing the same, and they've been getting a bunch of views doing that. So I might do that just for the lols. But I feel like they probably do it much better than I can. Maybe I could do something done with it. As I said, no promises. I'm already making... What? So we've got seven videos a week on the main channel. Usually... Four videos a week on the... No, five videos a week, sorry, on the podcast channel. Sometimes I also do a library exclusive video. And then this this week, last week, I also actually did four clips. So I did one... This one wouldn't have come out as of the recording of this, but it'll be out by the time you guys see this. <laughs> in the last episode of the podcast, Connor and I started talking about stuff that he's done in the past, and he brought up the fact that he decided to uh, make a rap about soup. So, if you want to see that, it will be on the channel. (laughs) It was garbage. It was actually garbage, but... It exists. So, maybe that's fun to see. (laughs) I don't know why it would be... Why am I going to drink the water? I have tea over to the side here. Oh, I guess it's a bit... It's a bit too warm still. So, one other interesting... It's not really interesting. Probably don't even care. This is the last podcast that will be... Actually, this is the last video. The absolute last video that I'll ever record on this laptop. Unless I do a video on SSH. If I do anything else, though, this will be the last video that I record on this laptop. And that is... That's weird. Also assuming that all my parts for my new system works, because as soon as this recording is over, I'm going to go build my new system. But yeah... This is the last thing I'm using this laptop for for video recording, which is crazy because this thing's been... Well, I've had it for longer than I've had the channel for, but I've been using this for my video editing and my video recording since the first day I started this channel. So, I don't know what the difference is going to be on the new hardware because I... I it, would it be up by now? Yeah. It, if, it's not, if you're watching this on YouTube, it'll definitely be up by now, but I did a video talking about the hardware that I'm using... So, that'll be like a 3900X, uh, a bunch of other stuff, but the 3900X is the main thing that really matters for this. That thing is way faster than what I've got in here. So, this is an i7-7500U, which is a couple years old, and it's a laptop CPU. So, mm, obviously, that's going to be a bit, of a, a bit of an upgrade, because this is a 4-core, 8-thread, I think it's 8-threads. Maybe it doesn't, it's not even hyper-threaded. I know it's got four cores, obviously. Going from that to a 12-core, 24-thread CPU is going to be a bit crazy, because I'll be able to record this, and also I could probably render a video in the background, and it wouldn't even be noticeable, which is ridiculous, and awesome, but ridiculous. <laughs> video rendering should get a lot better, though, so I won't have to end up the way I do these is I have to record them, then render them overnight, because they take so long to render on this laptop. No more doing that. I can just record it and then render it the same day I upload, which is so nice, because occasionally I'll make a mistake, like I don't have the audio synced up properly, and then I have to re-render, and it's another eight hours to do the re-render, and I was like, I don't want to do that. I'll just let it go up decent. <laughs> desynced. If you really have a problem with it, just go watch the audio version. I have been getting better with the audio version as well. I... At the start, I was taking a bit too long to upload them. I'm now managing to get them up within a day or two of them going up on YouTube. So, I'm going to try to keep getting better at that. I want it to be up the same day I upload it to YouTube, but I... I this It's not complicated. I just forget. That's literally the only reason it happens. So, because of that it's been going up late. I haven't been paying too much attention to the podcast, like the um, the audio feed uh, viewers, but you know what, we're just going to do that now. There's going to be some live checking of my viewership for the podcast. So on, if you don't know, I'm using Anchor to do my, basically my record or my, my uh, podcast distribution. So it looks like I've got 56 total plays of the podcast the newest episode that came out a few days ago so this will be the uh, the super cosman episode that has got eight views so far my most viewed one is episode five the echo cast don't know why that's the most popular it is though um yeah, so you can listen to that obviously on whatever you want. I don't know how well obviously podcast statistics are going to be trackable just because of the way that podcast distributions work. Because you can't really determine that a download is actually a view. A download and a view are different and unless you're doing it, like you can obviously keep track of it through Spotify and through Google Podcasts and Apple Podcasts, but if you just download the audio stream, sorry, my nose is really itchy right now. If you just download the audio stream, you can't really determine if that's a view or not. So I'm not really sure about the viewership, whether that's an actual viewership of 56 views or if that's 56 downloads. It's, de- it's, it's definitely 56 downloads that we can determine. Whether it's 56 views, though, is kind of up in the air. And I don't think there's ever going to be a good way to track that without forcing people into these platforms. And I don't use any of the big platforms. I use AntennaPod for my podcast. And I think that's pretty much just a front end for an RSS feed, basically. So, in those cases, not really... Yeah, there's not really anything you can do to properly keep track of these numbers. But... Yeah, that's that's kind of how the podcast is going. It seems to be going... It, at least on library, it's going really strong. I think I've been getting a bit of a 100 views on most of the episodes. The clips haven't been doing as well. I think those have been getting in the realm of like 30 or so views. Usually, clips do better... I guess no one cares about mine. I think the clips are doing better than the podcast on YouTube, though. Or at least pretty much as well. I think what happened with the podcast was I got that big burst of viewership at the start and then everyone realized the podcast was garbage and then just left. So I got the first episode of the podcast with like 300 views and then everything after that basically nothing so <laughs> maybe maybe the podcast would grow on youtube but honestly I don't, I don't really care about the podcast this is kind of just a place for me to just rant about whatever it is i want to rant about not really care about if it's bad for the algorithm not really care about if i'm making a cent on it i just kind of want this place to be somewhere that i could talk to people where i can just talk to myself and i can just rant about basically nothing so I think, oh yeah, the tea's definitely cooled down enough now. I could just put cool water in it, and that would be fine. But that's that's effort, and I don't want to. I don't want to do that. So whoop, oh my, do- my dog oh. is barking now. Oh, that's good. Anyway, this this is good content, I'm sure. So this is. I think I've had this on the podcast before. This is Twinings Af- African Australian, <laughs> Australian afternoon, and yeah. It's delicious. Quality content. Uh, So I've been slowly getting back into actually exercising. And one thing I have noticed is that every time I go outside, everyone is really nice. And that, like, people are generally pretty nice in Australia anyway. But it's, it's gotten to a weird point now where everyone is saying hello, and that is, like, a lot of people did say hello before, like, they're just like, hmm, I've nodded my head, say hello to you, but pretty much everyone is, when I, I, like, say hello to anyone, they say hello back. I think everyone is just really bored right now. I have been noticing there's been a couple of people going out for walks, and usually when you, like, you come up to a point where you're going to be in front of each other, what you do is want to use... Like, we'll go to the other side of the road and you, like, cross each other like this. Some people don't. Some people will just, like, get as close to you as possible. But I've noticed most people are pretty much getting involved with the social distancing thing. Which, it is noticeable in the numbers because Australia, I think... I think specifically South Australia didn't actually have any cases in the past 24 hours, which is completely insane. So I think... At least here, we are slowing down. Now, that's not to say that everyone should come out of quarantine, because what can happen now is that there can still be a lot of people who are carriers, and then if you open everything back up instantly, what's going to happen is that it's just going to create another spike, and you're not going to slow down. So, to all of the Americans who are like, we should be able to leave quarantine now because the numbers aren't going up as quickly. That's not how it works. Just... You probably should be doing selective quarantining, but just that doesn't mean that everyone can just go back to the beach now. That's not how it works. You guys should stay inside, especially the people who think they are completely healthy, because what, I, what I've been hearing is that th- there's a lot of people who just haven't been showing symptoms, which is very, very, very dangerous. So... P- Uh, Yeah, uh, this is going to be a weird one for sure. We're going to look back on this in, I don't know, five, ten years from now and be like, okay, that was a really, really weird time. Because right now, no one really knows what's going on. People can make guesses about what's going on. They can say, this is what's likely to be happening. But no one really knows right now. I can say things that I've heard, and everyone else can say things they've heard, but no one... Yeah, as I was saying, no one no one really knows what's going on. It's kinda of gonna be something we look back on and say, okay, well this is what happened once we can once all the dust has settled and we can actually take a proper look at everything. And that includes things like the, the case numbers for one thing, the the actual infection rate, and the actual death rate. Now the infection rate, it's probably. ...high or higher than what we actually think. Especially if it's true that a lot of people aren't actually showing symptoms. Because if you're not showing symptoms, you're not going to get tested. And same with the actual death rate then. If people... I guess, if people weren't getting tested early on... Then, like, there's talks that it it was possible this has been around since... November even. And if people weren't getting tested for it back then then you're going to have to do... I know there's a way, or at least I've heard, there's a way to do a retroactive test where you can find out if someone had it. Once again, not a doctor, but you can find out if, if someone had it, and it's very possible people that were dying back in November, it's possible that some of them had it. So, I, I, yeah, it's... I don't know. That's the thing. No, As I said, no one knows what's happening right now, and it is slowly going to get better but the other thing we have to worry about is that it the the knock-on effects and we're starting to see them now especially with some businesses shutting down and a lot of things like that are happening where <clears throat> the initial impact of the virus is kind of passing over but that doesn't mean that the the impact of it is passing and that is <clears throat> that's stuff we're not going to see happen for A couple of months or a year or so where we start seeing some of the knock-on effects of what happens when everyone becomes a prepper and no one's buying food what happens there or what happens where you have people who are running things like movie theaters they expect a certain amount of income every single month they go four months and nothing happens and then how do they pay their rent basically that is that's kind of the stuff i'm talking about there So it's, it's very much up in the air how that's going to go down. Hopefully it's not too bad, but yeah, I, I don't know how bad it's going to end up being. That's kind of a sad topic. I'm going to get off of that topic. (laughs) So what, what's something else I have on this list? Uh, Everybody's starting to hate Zoom, aren't they? So early on everyone was like oh zoom zoom is zoom is great all of the all of the boomers they were loving zoom they're like oh this is great and then all of the security stuff started coming out and now if i don't know if you've been paying attention to it but it's been getting really bad with that so a lot of places have been saying no more zoom here specifically places that really really care about security like the US government There was something... Actually, no, this might be even more interesting. I don't know if anyone heard about this, but there was a while where I think it might have been the Department of Defense was saying, don't have TikTok on your phone because TikTok obviously is owned by the Chinese. And and yeah, they were like, "Don't, don't have TikTok on any company property because it could be an app that's spying on people. I don't know whether that's... There's any water... If, if that theory holds any water whatsoever but it is interesting to think about that and it's very possible considering some of the stuff china has been doing and yeah i i, I don't know <laughs> but um zoom had a similar problem because the problem with zoom if you don't know the way they were doing their end-to-end encryption not end-to-end encryption what it was was they had uh pretty much they were generating the aes keys On their server and then sending them out to the participants, which if you don't know, not actually how end-to-end encryption works, because firstly you don't actually have point-to-point encryption because the server in the middle has the keys. So if the server in the middle has the keys, they can just sniff on everything that's actually happening. That's your first problem. The second problem is that if you have a server in the middle that has the keys, then it's end to middle point (laughs) encryption You don't actually have end-to-end encryption. You have to generate the keys on the Like on the different ends of the connection. That's how this works You can't just generate them at some other random arbitrary point. That's not that's not end-to-end encryption whatsoever So they've been getting in a lot of hot water for doing stuff like that and Because of that as I was saying before a lot of places like we're not using zoom anymore and I don't know what people are going to. I'm going to assume something like Microsoft Teams. I don't know, though. Microsoft Teams seems like a, a pretty uh, sensible alternative, I would say. But people might also be using Slack more. Because I'm, I'm sure Slack has a video chat mode. It, it's pretty much, if you don't know Slack, it basically is Discord. It's Discord for millennial startup companies, basically. It even looks like Discord. It just has um, a problem where it has a message limit, so if you send over like 10,000 messages or something, you can't actually go back and read the old ones, except if you set up a Slack IRC bridge. <laughs> so, th- someone's actually been asking me to do this with my Discord server. What they want is, basically, you set up a bridge from Discord to IRC, and then you can use IRC to actually interact with the Discord server. Now, I don't use IRC myself, but I can see how that would actually be useful because there's if there's a community where IRC is actually popular, it'll be the Linux community and the like the open source, free and open source community. That's the only place IRC will actually be popular. Now, I might do it. I don't know. I, I I'll see how many people want it. And maybe there's people who are interested in actually chatting in my Discord that don't want to use Discord, and I I get that. Especially if you are one of the hardcore free and open source software extremists. I get not wanting to use something like Discord. For me, I've never... I've talked about this before. I might do a dedicated video on it, but I am not a free and open source guy. I use free and open source software, but I'm not someone like Luke, or I'm not someone like Distotube, where they are advocates for free and open source software. The reason I use it is because, generally, it's just a better choice. So, I use Vim because it's just a better editor than a lot of the editors out there. And I use GIMP. Should I use GIMP because there's not really a better choice on Linux. But I use Linux because it's just quicker than Windows. I don't need... Okay, Windows is... It will... What what's, what's the word I'm trying to think of? It will just chew through your RAM just running for no reason. You'll be at like 2 gigs of RAM usage just running Windows because there's just so much junk that goes on in the background that it just bogs down your system. Now that's the reason I actually use things like Linux. Specifically I use something like Arch Linux and that's the reason I use a lot of free and open source software because it's just better software. I wasn't going to smash my hands on my desk there because people have complained about that before and I get it, this this is an annoying sound I bet <laughs> but as for being like a free and open source advocate I will say if you're going to release software it's probably better to release it as open source software but I, I don't really care if you want to release proprietary software I use proprietary software I'm entirely happy to use stuff like that Because sometimes it is better. Like, for example, Microsoft Word, it is just better than LibreOffice. Now, I don't use Microsoft Word because I can accept that LibreOffice... Actually, the one thing about LibreOffice that it does do better is the interface. I don't like the modern Microsoft Office interface, but when you have to interact with Office documents, Word is better just because that's what everyone uses. Now, it's not better because it's a better application. It's better because it's the standard, and that's what everyone uses. So, you kind of have to accept the standard. And that's the thing that a lot of people don't want to deal with either, is the fact that you actually have to work within standards that other people are using. Like, if you're in an actual business context, yeah, you probably will have to use Windows. I'd rather just use it in a VM and if i was in a situation like that that's what i would do because i don't want windows touching my hardware but you kind of have to accept what other people are using and even though word technically is a worse application it's better because that's what everyone uses so you, i don't know it's, it's you, you got to accept what people are using and yeah but when it's stuff that i'm only interacting with myself like for example, GIMP, which I'm using for thumbnails. If I was working on a context where I had to use like PSD documents and I had to use whatever After Effects saves the stuff in, then yeah, I would have to use After Effects and I would have to use Photoshop. But because I'm just working by myself, I can happily use XFC files or X- XCF. XCF, I think, is what GIMP calls its files. And I can happily use CadenLive and whatever its file type is. I'll, I'll not happily use Caden Live. I will willingly use Caden Live. Caden Live is it is worse than some of the more proprietary uh, video editors. I haven't. I've been thinking of trying it. I've or I have. I have tried to try it. Um, I was going to use DaVinci Resolve for a while, but I couldn't get it to actually install. Now I'm not sure what was going on with that. I think that was just a problem with the AUR package. So I don't know what was happening there but I I do want to try out DaVinci Resolve. Cuz I've heard it's pretty good. Now I don't really use most of the extra video editing stuff cuz as you know I don't do much video. I don't do much in the way of video editing at all. So I'm probably not going to end up using most of the stuff, but maybe I will. Maybe I'll try some more complicated stuff. I probably won't cuz I do daily videos and to be honest, the thing that takes the longest about recording videos isn't the video. I can, like, most of my videos take anywhere in the realm of 30 to 50-ish minutes to record, depending on the actual length of the video. The thing that takes a while is actually editing it. Because, obviously, to edit it, you have to minimum go through the length of the video. And then you also have to stop and cut stuff and move stuff together and add effects and things like that. So, the thing that takes the longest is actually editing the video. And the other thing is editing on this laptop. Because, as I've said before, not the quickest thing. So, you'll ha- occasionally have things where it will lag, and you are like, oh, did I stutter there, or did the laptop lag? Go back and watch it again, and then it stutters again. It's like, okay, maybe one more time, because the video also started. Okay, the video started a third time. Maybe I need to redo that recording. And that's the problem with editing on this thing. I get why some people just do... A recording with FFmpeg, cut it with FFmpeg, and then render it with FFmpeg, and don't touch a GUI, because it can be a problem if you actually care about cutting out stuff that is gonna be a bit more than a bit more intensive, I guess, because it's gonna be very slow, especially if you're using an older ThinkPad. Mmm. I feel like I'm just running through topics today. I can't really string. I think <laughs> I think that doing that podcast with someone, it it ruins my ability to do podcasts by myself. Because now I'm like, how do I string how do I string these topics together again? I don't remember how I did this. And that didn't happen when I was doing the podcast by myself. But one thing about doing the podcast with other people is it actually it does definitely make actually doing longer podcasts feasible. I don't know how people do long solo podcasts. Anything more than like an hour or an hour and a half, and I'm just like, I don't want to keep talking. I guess if I did them live, that would be different. A live podcast I can see, because then you have interaction with the actual viewers. But doing a li- or doing a solo podcast pre-recorded like I do, I don't know how people do longer ones than that. I get why some people do like half an hour episodes, because it can definitely definitely get draining after, like, the first 30 or so minutes. And if you don't have a good list of topics, I can see how some people would struggle to get through that. And I I typically... I've gotten better at it, but I feel like occasionally I will. Like, today. Today I'm struggling a bit with it for whatever reason. I don't know. (laughs) Probably just because I'm tired. Oh, if we go back to the, the podcast... podcast. Yeah, actually, no, podcast is fine. If you go back to the podcast and the main channel for a second, I realized that after Daylight Savings, I actually made a mistake. I forgot to up or update my upload time. So Australia has entered Daylight Savings? I think that's, yeah, I don't, all I remember is the clocks changed. I don't actually remember what we're, act, if we're in it or if we're out it. But anyway, something happened with Daylight Savings. And my videos are now going up an hour late. And I don't. I didn't didn't realise that. I completely forgot to fix the upload because I thought that other places were also going to go daylight savings. I guess the US, if they do it, they don't do it at the same time. So I just never bothered to fix it. So, yeah, my videos have been going up at what would have been 8.30am Australian time, which is now 7.30am Australian time, which is, I think, 6 p.m. Yeah, 6 p.m. in, like, um, California or something, which is too late. They should be going up an hour before that, and there's plenty of reasons for it. Obviously, people upload all throughout the day, but I think YouTube penalizes you a bit if you keep moving around your upload time, so I'm going to try to move it back to where it was and see what happens there. Mm. Because one thing I did notice is out of nowhere, so I was getting videos that were doing like two, 3,000 views, and then the next day, when I did the GUVC video, they just cut in half, and I have no idea what happened there. I, I don't know, because it was the exact same sort of content I was doing before, and now a lot of the videos I've been doing since then have been like 900, 1,000, 1,200 views. I'm like, okay, I, did I do something different? It, Is the YouTube algorithm just messing with me? I don't know, because it's. I feel like it's pretty much the same content I was doing before. (laughs) The watch time is roughly the same, my click-through rate is higher, my subscription rate hasn't gone down, it's just my views have gone down for whatever reason, and I don't know why. YouTube is a mystery. That's that's all I have to say about YouTube. I have no idea how this platform works. I have more of an idea how library works, and that's why I'm at 1,000 uh, subscribers on library. Library, you can kind of game yourself to get into the trending agor- algorithm, so it's not actually as impressive to be at 1,000 subs on library. I know there's a lot of people who don't have 1,000 subs. There's only really a bit over 100 people on the platform that actually have that much. But I still think that is at least, considering there is only a hundred or so people, it is still a bit of an impressive achievement to actually get that much. The other impressive thing about it is that I have doubled the subscribers of Big Daddy Linux, which I've just wanted to do, I've wanted to pass Big Daddy Linux on library for a while, and I've done that, which is great. <laughs> no, I don't have any animosity to Rocco or his podcast, I just wanted to have more subscribers than him, because I just wanted to have more subscribers. On the main channel, though, uh, on Library, I'm almost at more subscribers than 3Blue1Brown. So go subscribe to 3Blue1Brown, because he deserves way more followers than I have, but not on Library, apparently. I think what's happening is a lot of the big people who are coming over from YouTube, they aren't really taking advantage of some of the stuff you can do on Library, like boosting up your content with LBC and things like that, so you can actually create this loop where as you make more LBC, you make more and more LBC. Up to a point. I think trending... I think to get onto trending, it's like 30,000 LBC or something. So past that point, it doesn't really have any effect. But I think a lot of those channels just aren't actually taking advantage of that. And right now is actually the best time to do it. It's getting worse, but it's still a pretty good time because LBC is really cheap right now. I think it's at 1.3 cents, which is... Almost back to where it was a few months back, but if you bought a few weeks ago when it was still at like a seventh of a cent, you could have bought 30k for like 300 Australian, which Chanel's a bit more than that because Australian dollar's worth nothing. Like 450 Australian or something, and you could have had enough to get into trending, which obviously is a lot for some people. But if you are already a big creator, then you have 450 $450. Like, 3Blue1Brown has $450 that he could throw around. If you look at how many subs he has on YouTube, you can roughly work out, even with a low CPM, and how many views he has, roughly what his uh, his income is, basically. If you just give him a low CPM of, like, $2, which he probably has more of, uh, probably has more than, because he's educational content, and that content tends to get a bit higher, especially because it is very family-friendly content. Yeah, he's, he's probably making bank on that channel i don't know about the the covert videos though because if you mention that your video has up until very recently just instantly been getting demonetized i don't think they're doing it as harshly anymore but less people are talking about it as well so i see what youtube is doing there now that no one's talking about it as much they don't care if you make money from it which is a very a very YouTube thing to do. As soon as, like, a tragedy goes past, then after, like, a few weeks when no one cares anymore, now you're allowed to talk about it. So, yeah, on those videos he did about, like, the exponential growth of pandemics, I don't think he would have made much on those, but he might have had, um, might have had ads. I know there were some channels that were still getting ads even though everyone else was getting demonetized. So, I don't know. It kind of depends on who you are and how much YouTube likes you, I guess. And I'm going to assume that he's probably liked enough by YouTube. I don't know, though. I haven't ever spoken to him, but I would assume that he's fairly liked. One thing I did notice, though, is he got a bit of a boost on library and on YouTube when on the Eric... Eric? Brett. Eric. Eric. Yeah, it was Eric Weinstein. Uh, Eric Weinstein went on Joe Rogan's podcast and towards the end of that, gave him a bit of a shout-out. Um, and that ended up boosting up his his subscriber count and also his views on his latest videos, obviously, because even the biggest creators, if you get mentioned by Joe Rogan, surely someone doesn't know about you already. Unless you're at like PewDiePie's level, pretty much anyone else who gets mentioned by Joe Rogan or any guest on Joe Rogan's podcast is going to have... A bit of a boost unless your name is Bernie (laughs) Sanders and then very bad things will happen to you but most people are not Bernie Sanders and most people are not running for the presidency of the United States so yeah that's that's that basically what else do we have on this list I don't know why I'm I don't know what as I said before I don't know why I can't just like string topics together so, not really too interesting, but there's a fish tank outside my room now, because my housemate decided to get some fish, so that that topic's not going to last for a while. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know why I put that topic on my list. Like, there's nothing really to say about it, besides there's a fish tank there. Uh, mm. <sighs> Hopefully next week I'll have more to say, especially because there'll be a guest here. Um... <clears throat> I don't know if anyone actually cares, this is going to be way, way off topic from what I was just saying, I don't know if anyone cares about this, but um, I've been watching the I haven't actually watched the streams, but I've been watching the highlight clips from the introductions for Hololive Indonesia, which they've been really good so if you haven't seen them and you're a fan of Hololive, you need to go watch those some of those clips about um, Muna, Disu, and Iofi they they are really good. I, I've seen some of the older stuff for when um, Aqua, when uh, Matsuri, and some of the older members of Hololive actually started, and their content was garbage. But I feel like when... I feel like what's happened with the, the new girls is they've realised what some of the older members of Hololive have done, and over time they've had this character, and they've kind of dropped the character. But... With these new girls, I feel like they've just been like, you know what, I'm just going to drop the character from the start and I'm just going to be myself. Obviously, they still have a bit of a character they're playing. They're not exactly themselves. But they're not going as ridiculous as um, like Akko was when she first started or how ridiculous like uh, Miko or... um, Actually, Miko used to not be in Hollow Life, but that's a completely different story. Um, When Matsuri first started. Because they were trying to both play, like, really cutesy characters. In reality, they were both massive perverts. But... (laughs) And that character didn't fit them whatsoever. And at some point, they were just like, You know what? Too hard. Fuck it. I'm just gonna... I'm just gonna be myself. And now we have... Just go look up um, some of the Matsuri clips. Especially when she's with people like Luna. Or you put her with... um, Actually, anyone. And she's... Her job there is basically just to destroy people's character by just making sex jokes the entire time. Like, watch the clip where she was with Luna, and I don't know what game they were playing. Um, I think it was... No, it might have been, um... Ark? Yeah, I think it might have been Ark. And she was just trying to get Luna to just say stuff that really breaks her character, and that's kind of her job. So... (laughs) She does it really well. But I was saying before, Muna's um, stream, it was probably the worst out of the three of them, or at least the clips that I saw from Moona's stream. She seemed really nervous. She was recording on a laptop, which obviously made her uh, recording freeze a couple of times. <laughs> because they, if you don't know, the way HoloLive typically does it is with Live2D, which is a, a rendering thingy, basically an animation tool to do live... Um, basically, live 2D uh, animation, which is really cool. And you, you kind of make like a similar to what you'd have for a 3D rig, but it it's very, very close to what you'd see in a more 2D style, which I think is really cool and really does fit with what's going on with HoloLive. But I was saying before, Muna was probably the most nervous out of the three of them. She kept bringing up the fact she was nervous as well. She didn't really have any really quirky stuff about her besides um, the, the fact that she was nervous, obviously. Then you went to Nisu's uh, stream, and she's already completely... Uh, she, like, she's got herself set already. So, um, in that clip, she talked about how she wanted to do a a collaboration with uh, um, Korone, and basically, as soon as, like, as that stream ended, everyone started making memes about the two of them, because... She is, like, a squirrel character, and air is a, a dog character if you haven't seen, seen her stuff. Um, and <laughs> people just started making memes out of the two of them. And also, after all of that happened, she got tweeted at and was like, absolutely, I'll do this collaboration. And then you had Eofi's stream, which also was great. <laughs> um, she's, like, a, her character is like, an alien or something, and she got ditched on earth and yeah basically it's a they've all got weird backstories because they're obviously in hollow live and they're going to forget about the backstories in like two weeks and they're just going to do whatever they care about but i was really surprised by one thing from those streams all of them were really good at like multiple languages so i am a i'm a horrible horrible um monolinguist i can speak english that is all i can speak but even Muna, who wasn't great at Japanese, she she could still f- speak fluent Japanese, and obviously she would speak Indonesian, and they were all fluent in English as well. But then you went to Eofi's stream, and she was like, oh yeah, I can speak like seven different languages. Like, I'm sorry, what? You can do what? <laughs> I think it was obviously Indonesian, English, Japanese. It was like Korean, German, and some other stuff on there as well. And obviously she fit that into her character. I think... I think her backstory thing for why she could speak so many languages was the fact that um, on her home planet they only spoke one language so when she came to Earth she was like I'm going to learn a bunch of languages whatever the reason for it Hollow Life Indonesia is really good and one thing it does go to show is that you can do a cutesy voice in English without it sounding horrible Funimation you need new staff all of your dubs are horrendous and every single female character in a Funimation dub sounds awful. Because they are trying to sound cutesy in a way that just doesn't make sense. But when you look at what was happening with the the Hololive Indonesian girls, all of them sounded cute. And... Yeah, like, what are you doing, Funimation? You literally pay people to dub stuff, and you can't find people who are actually good at voice acting. I don't know how Funimation is this bad at it, but... I. I wasn't planning to talk about Funimation. Um, I, I don't like Funimation for other reasons. We're not going to go into that in this one, but they've got um, they've got habits of changing scripts to push political genders. But we're not gonna we're not gonna get into that in this video. Um, so what was I saying? Right. Um, I'm I don't know. If I'm bored, I might end up actually just watching some of the Hololive Indonesian streams. They all, they all seem like really good characters, so I i might do it. Now, obviously, I've got more productive things to do with my time, so I probably won't. I'll probably just stick with what I'm doing with the rest of Hololive, which is just watching some of the clips and just enjoying it like that. But maybe I'll watch a stream with Eofi and uh, Kurone. That might be fun. That, that probably will be fun, actually. I'm probably not even, I'll probably end up just watching the clips of it. That's, to be completely honest... Because I'm already busy enough doing uh, uni stuff, doing, whatever, 14, 13 videos a week, and also obviously working. So, it's not like I have the most time to do stuff. I'd like to get rid of one of those. If we can get rid of the uni stuff, that'd be nice. We've got a uh, what a bit over half a year left, so I'm almost done with the first semester of this year. So, so yeah, I've I think we're in like... We're in the study break right now. So, I think the last week we had was week six. So, after the break, it'll be week seven. And then I've got another six weeks and then exam period. Exam period, I think I've got one exam and that's for data and web mining, which is a course that I've talked about plenty of times on this podcast. And yeah, that that course has been going... That's been an interesting course so far. Um, And it's actually been getting worse. So... (laughs) <laughs> everyone on or not everyone specifically me and like two other people have been grilling the lecturer really hard about the the assignment spec because it's terrible. So we don't understand what is happening with it because what he's done is he's made everything really vague. So everyone like if I could show you this right now, there would you'd see that there is just tons and tons of comments just trying to get things clarified. Very basic things that should have just been in the spec, like uh, things such as. Um, so he wanted us to do feature selection with Waker, and he said use ten features. But and was, uh, and he was also like, oh well, ten features is actually an uh, an attribute you can set, which it's not at all. So he's besides also just needing stuff clarified, he's also wrong about stuff, which makes it worse, because he was like, oh, just feature select 10 attributes, now there's only one combination of stuff in Waker that will actually get you feature selects, oh, they'll actually do feature selection with 10 attributes with a decision tree, so it was a mess to try to work that out, and he was like, oh no, you can just do it with anything, it's like, no, you can't, that's not a thing you can do, but besides that, There was other stuff like um, people trying to clarify what he actually was even asking with some of the questions because the other problem he has is that... So, it's it's three main questions with, like, four sub-questions under each one except it's not actually four sub-questions. What he's done is he's taken, like, three questions, put it into one sentence, and then just, like, merged it all together. So, in reality, there's more, like eight or nine sub-questions per question. So I'm honestly thinking of, just to take the piss out of him, I'm going to rewrite the assignment spec, post it on the forum, and just say, hey, I'll accept payment in Bitcoin, or here's some other methods you can pay me. Because I think just rewriting the spec will make it easier. Now, I don't think he's rewritten the spec in a couple of years, because this dude is real lazy. And this is the case with a lot of the lecturers right now. They are just not redoing their lectures. All they're doing is they are recording, um, not recording, they are taking their lectures from last year and re-uploading them. Now, the problem with this, now I've got someone saying, oh, but the lecturers are probably busy doing research. No, they're not. The thing is that they had this two, three-hour block every single week to record a lecture. It's not like they suddenly have stuff to do during that block. They still have this time where they could record it, and they're just not doing it. So you've got, especially with this dude who, as I've said in the past, will just walk away from his webcam and then just yell from the other side of the room and you can't hear a word he's saying. He has, in uh, week six, realized that, I guess because people that year were complaining about it as well, saying, you cannot walk away from your microphone if you are trying to record. That's not how this works. Use a lapel mic, just you. <sighs> if he didn't, like, the thing is, the uni gives people lapel mics. He doesn't use it. But lapel mics are also really cheap, so he could go buy one. I know that you can afford one with a lecturer's salary. Don't pretend like you can't. You're just really lazy. But the thing he should have done is just re-recorded the lectures from his house because he's not doing anything during that time anyway, so he could just do that. So... Yeah, I, I don't know why he's not... Okay, I know why he's not. It's because he he's one of these lecturers... Um, who... They're really smart. Like, I've seen some of the papers he's written. He's really smart. But the problem with these lecturers who are really smart... Is that they cannot teach to save their lives. Honestly, what you want from a lecturer is someone who's... Only a little bit more intelligent than the students. Because those are the kind of people who actually know how to talk. Anyone who's incredibly intelligent like that, for the most part, are terrible at actually teaching their ideas through any means other than writing them down. So, that's the main problem with this course. Plus, um, (laughs) one thing I did have happen is because I've been roasting lecture on on the, um, the forums, I've been getting a lot of emails from people saying, Hey, I didn't understand this. Can you help me with this? Or, Hey, I didn't understand this. Can you, like, can we collaborate on this? I'm like, I guess, but in the past, I have had some of my mates end up getting hit with, um, what's, what's the word? I was going to say copyright strikes. That's not, we're, we're talking about uni now, not, uh, not YouTube. Hit with um, academic misconduct strikes because they were talking about um, algorithm structures and in the end, they had written something very similar. They didn't actually copy each other. They had their own, um, their own stuff they'd done. But because they talked a lot about what to do, they ended up with a very, very similar, a very similar structure. Which. That's the only worry I have with actually doing any collaboration with people like that. I typically, I'll say like I'll talk about some of the concepts. But besides that, I'm like, I, I don't... I do not want to talk about the uh, actual content of the assignment because I don't want to get into a situation where I have to prove that I didn't copy an assignment <clears throat> because that's not something that I want to get myself into and that just doesn't sound fun. Mm. So, oh, my uh, my voice is starting to, to hurt right now. My voice is starting to hurt. My throat is starting to hurt. I don't know why, probably because I'm recording this literally 15 minutes after my uh, video I recorded today, so the one I recorded today would have been ST Ligatures, so, Mm. yeah, I recorded ST Ligatures today, um, and I'm recording this basically directly after that, so in reality, even though I'm only at like 50 minutes of recording, I'm really at like an hour 10 of recording in a row. So, yeah, even though when I'm talking to other people, I guess because I'm not talking the entire time, when I'm talking to other people, it's it's a bit different. Like, when I did that video with uh, Connor, which was like two and a half hours long, I guess because I'm not talking the entire time, there's periods in there where you can actually have a break from speaking. That's the only weird thing when it comes to actually doing stuff by yourself. I think it would... It'd probably be similar if I was doing it as a live stream as well, but I guess it kind of just depends on the day, really, because some days I'm fine to be like, oh, I want to go for, like, an hour and a half today. Today, I, I don't know how long we would go for, to be honest. As I said plenty of times, I'm already struggling to string stuff together today for whatever reason. So... Mm, I don't know how long I'm going to actually take this podcast for. <laughs> oh, I don't know if you heard that. My... I back clicked. One thing I did notice is my wrist has actually gotten better. I don't know if I've even brought this up on the podcast before, but I have uh, lots of wrist and shoulder problems from doing stupid things at work, mainly lifting things I shouldn't lift. But recently... You can hear it. Yeah. Yeah, I've got... Yeah. Um, yeah, It sounds bad, but my wrist actually doesn't hurt anymore. I can actually do push-ups on it now, which is a big improvement from what was happening before, because if I put even, like, a little... Actually, is there anything... No, there's nothing here. Uh, This would work. If I put, like, this much weight on it, that would be too much, and, like, that hurts. Now it's fine. I don't know why. It does this from time to time. So, I... Well, the problem, I think, that it caused it initially was lifting pallets at work. So I used to be doing Storm and Work when I was... Like, when I first started at the uh, supermarket. For a while, I did Nightfield, then I did Stormont, and Nightfield, and then I did Storm. Stor- Then I, d- Sorry, then I did Nightfield. Uh, Stormont work, if you don't know, is basically the dude who brings in the deliveries in the morning. So, I was there from 5am to about 3pm when I did those. It was once a week, and the rest of the days I was doing Nightfield. That in and of itself is already bad enough, but... What was happening then was, when you're there first thing in the morning, even though it's actually against, like, health uh, restrictions to, you know, lift a pallet by yourself, you're the only one there, so you have to do what you have to do. What they should be doing is, I don't know how they've gotten away with this for so long, what they should be doing is having two people on, so you can have two people lifting stuff. But they don't, so, yeah, I had to lift, basically the way I was doing it was I would lift up the pallet onto the stack, And then you basically just lift it up like this. So obviously putting the weight down on that. That would explain why doing things like this would hurt occasionally. Um, But what I've noticed is fixed. Honestly has just been stretching. So just rotating the wrist really. And stretching and stuff like that. Has actually. It has a big effect. Anyone who says that stretching doesn't actually have an effect on stuff like that. Has either never tried it or is a liar because it really does. Now, obviously, if it's too bad, you probably should go and see someone who's a professional about it, not a chiropractor. Chiropractors are not doctors. You should go see a uh, um, a physiologist. I was going to say a physician. No, that's not the one I'm thinking of. You should go see a physiologist about it, and they can be like, okay, well, we can do this and this. They're probably going to tell you just do stretching anyway, <laughs> unless it's really bad. And then, obviously if it's so bad, like, if you need a hip replacement or something, that's a bit different, but when it's something like your shoulder, a lot of people usually just don't stretch, like, I, I've been bad for, for a while, especially when I was just sitting down, not really doing much, like, when I do, because what I'll, norm, like, most of my days, what I'll do is I'll sit here, I'll go have breakfast, Then I'll come back, record the first video, then I'll edit the video, then I'll do some uni stuff, and then I'll go to work. So I'm usually sitting down for eight, nine hours a day. (laughs) Obviously, I will stand up from time to time, but most of that time I am sitting down. I would say maybe it's like half an hour or so when I'm standing up. So I tend to not stretch much, which is something I noticed real badly when I started to go from those walks. Because the first day was fine. Second day, not as fine. Third day got really bad. Third day, like, this is just walking. Even though I do a lot of walking at work, I try to walk slowly because I'm lazy. Um, But when I was actually going like, okay, I'm going to walk. I'm going to actually take this seriously. Now, I know it's walking. You can't take walking too seriously. But I would actually, like, try to walk quickly. I would realize about 10 minutes in, it's like, oh, my legs feel like they're on fire. This is great and I think what it was was my, uh, my calves locking up a bit, and that's, that's partially just because I wasn't really stretching properly, so I'm going to try to take that a bit more seriously, especially because I don't want to put myself in a situation where I do end up hurting myself really badly and then not being able to exercise, because that's what has happened in the past when I've been running a lot. So I'll be fine for like the first maybe week two weeks and then i'll do some slight injury and then i'll run on it again without stretching and, and then it just gets really bad i'm like okay i can't run now <laughs> this, this chair makes way too much noise i can't even buy a new one that's the thing um we'll get into that in just a moment but well are saying running right i would hurt myself when i'm running and then i just wouldn't be able to and then obviously once you stop running that's when running gets hard again so the thing about running is you kind of have to just keep going even that and the thing is there's a difference between oh this kind of burns a little bit like if if i feel my calves are hot that's like I, i i recognize that that's just me kind of being a bitch about it um i can obviously push through that and if you do push through that after another 15, 10, 15 minutes, you realize, oh, it's fine now. It's kind of just you getting into that motion of moving. Uh, But there's a different one where you can actually, if you've ever done any, like really just any level of exercise, you'll probably notice that there is a difference between that and then, oh, this actually hurts, I should probably do something about it. So, obviously early on there can be I'm not an expert. Obviously, as you can probably tell by my physique, I'm i am I'm definitely not an expert in exercise. Um, but obviously early on, it's very difficult to tell the difference between those two. They feel very similar. But once you've been doing exercise for long enough, you will notice there is a difference between you're being a bit of a bitch and this actually hurts and you need to do something about it. And if it actually does hurt, then you probably shouldn't be putting strain on it because you can obviously inflame that injury and make it far far worse so if you are starting to exercise now that you're not working and things like that obviously keep that in mind don't go too hard at it even though you might be really bored don't do like five six hours of exercise a day because you have nothing better to do unless your name is joe rogan and you're trying to kill all of your friends if you're anyone else, I would recommend, obviously, take it slow. There's a, a good plan you can follow that I did for a while, which was a Couch to 5K. It kind of takes you through this process of doing um, walking and then jogging, walking, jogging, and you're doing uh, slowly smaller and smaller increments of walking each time, and eventually you get to the point where you, I think after like 50 days or something, or 30 days, you're at the point where you are uh, running 5Ks, and I might take that up again. I think I think what people need is they need some sort of strategy to get themselves to the point where they can actually go five ks. because the thing that the big thing that's really difficult about doing that is most people don't know what it feels like to move for five k's. Go the first thing you should obviously do is just walk five ks. and, Work out what five k's actually feels like to walk, and then obviously you can start throwing jogging into that over and over uh, over time, and you get to the point where you'll eventually be running that that length of uh, that length of distance. And I was doing that for a while, and then, as I said, I got lazy because I got i I made excuses with uh, uni and stuff. I was like, okay, I'm busy or this and that. And, and now that I'm actually busier, I'm like, okay, I should probably actually exercise because at the time. I wasn't making content on YouTube, I was just, I, I didn't actually, I wasn't actually busy, I was doing uni stuff, I was working, and everything else, I could have just moved around, like, if I watched a little bit less anime that day, which I haven't watched in a few months, which is sad, I want to go back and actually watch some of the stuff from the last season that just passed, <laughs> but, um, at the time, I was kind of just making excuses for why I can't do this, but what, I, I'm, this might just be a me thing, but I've noticed that when I make myself busier, I make myself more productive. When I don't actually have things to do, I'm actually... Like, I, I do less work. I, that probably doesn't make sense, what I'm saying. What I mean is that when I have more free time, I get less done. If that makes sense. So even if I'm... So say I'm doing videos, I'm doing uni, and I'm working. If I take the uni out of the equation out of the equation, not out of the equation, out of the equation, I'll have an extra like four or five hours a day, what I find is that if I don't find something useful to fill that time with, I end up just wasting that time away, so I don't know, maybe maybe we get two podcasts a week when that happens, I don't know, I might do that, I might be bored and decide to fill that time, if I don't fill that with something productive though, basically what ends up happening, I'm like, oh, I'm just gonna watch YouTube for a while, which some people might consider productive, depending on what the rest of your life is like, but for me, I feel like that's a bit of a waste of my time. Obviously, I'm not saying I don't watch YouTube content, as, like, ev- obviously everyone does, but why can't I get this camera where ex- exactly where I want it to be? That's probably fine. Um, obviously, I'm not saying that I don't watch that sort of content, but I feel like if I I leave myself in a situation where I can watch it for as long as possible without it affecting the other things I have to do, then I end up spending too much time on things that I shouldn't be spending time on. So if I fill that time with productive things like, I'm going to start exercising, I'm going to start doing this, I'm going to start doing that, then I'm, I'm, I'm just more productive in the stuff that... I do that I actually have to do. So on the days where I work early, I manage to get my podcast done and my uh, my videos done and my other stuff that I want to get done. Even though I really have a couple of less hours that day, I still get everything I need done. It's just I think it's just a commitment thing, really. So you have to you have to be determined and actually train yourself to actually you know. Put that effort in, even when you don't need to put the effort in. That's the big thing. Like, as as you've probably heard, if you have, I, I know I bring up Joe Rogan a lot, but I do really like his podcast. As he says a lot in that, like, uh, dedication and commitment are things that you can actually train. If you push yourself harder and you say, "I am going to be the person who runs every single day," then you will get better at doing that. And obviously, those those skills can then transfer into other fields so if you're going to say i am going to run every single day i'm i will run 5k's every single day then putting in that effort will actually transfer to other things you want to do like i i don't know i will record this content and i will record it better than i did the previous day that dedication i feel does actually transfer and i have noticed that even though it's only a slight, uh, slight change, as I did start picking up, getting into exercise, uh, picking up, getting into exercise, as I did start getting back into exercise again, it does have a bit of an effect on the content I'm making. I feel like the big problem I had recently with my content was I, I feel like I talk too quickly, at least, at least in some videos, and that seems to be a problem when I record at night. Now I know on this podcast I've probably been rambling really fast, but. It gets really bad when it's technical content. When it's just whatever garbage that comes out of my head, it's a bit different. If you can't really follow along with what I'm saying, that's a bit different than if I'm doing something technical and it's a tutorial. If it's tutorial, you kind of need to be able to follow what I'm lo- what I-, I I cannot string sense together. What I'm actually doing in that video. So lowering my cadence a little bit and then getting that uh, content out in a way that actually makes sense for the viewers, it does definitely make that content better. I know some people do like the faster style, and if you like the faster style, feel free to turn up my my videos to 1.25 times speed. I don't know if, when you do that, it actually, um, on YouTube you can see, on your creator's dashboard, you can see the engagement time. I don't know if when you raise your watch speed, if it actually changes how long you're engaged for, if it goes off the video watch time, or if it actually goes off the time on the page. I feel like it's probably the video watch time, so even if you watched at double speed, and you watch a 10-minute video in 5 minutes, that'll still cons- uh, still be counted as 10 minutes of watch time, but YouTube, they might have a more complicated way to do that, I'm not really sure. I haven't looked into it myself, I don't think anyone's ever really considered whether that's a big deal. I don't think there's many people who watch videos on double speed. <clears throat> but um, the thing I was going to say before was that I was down... Oh, yeah, we're just going to end that topic there. Not No segue. Uh, we haven't been doing that the entire podcast anyway. Um, the thing I was going to say before was I was down at Officeworks, which is like a big office supplier, uh, big office supplier chain here in Australia. And... I went there to get one of those hard floor mats for a desk chair. A desk chair? Yeah, a desk chair, that makes sense. One of those hard floor mats you can put under a desk chair that pretty much makes it so you can use it on carpet. I was going to get another one so I could put that under my uh, my computer that's going to be down here, because I don't want it directly sitting on the carpet. But when I went there, they look like a ghost town. So I was looking through all of it, and... Pretty much everything was gone. I, I was like, wait, what? Why is... And then I remembered. Everyone's working from home right now. So, everyone's just buying up office supplies. Even things they don't need. Like, everyone's buying up desks and chairs and things like that. Like, how many people don't actually have a desk in their house? Or, if you don't have a desk, you don't need to go and buy a desk and a new chair. Just use your kitchen table. Like, if... It's not like everyone's not going to go be going back to the office in a few months. Just use your kitchen table for the next few months or something. But maybe some people are thinking more ahead than I am, because it's very possible that after all of this, all of the employers are going to realize, ooh, we're saving a lot of money, aren't we? Because we're not paying for our building rent right now. We don't have to pay a million dollars a month for that office building that no one likes and everyone's pretty much just as productive as they were before, maybe we don't need the office. I feel like there's going to be some businesses that do that. Obviously, not everyone. Um, but you might have a lot of companies decide to downsize their office and be like, okay, well, more people can work remote. We don't need a 200-person a office. Maybe we only need a 100-person office, which is... Probably good because, you know, open office plans were a terrible idea. No one, I don't know who thought an open office was a good idea. Have you never, if you want to see why an open office is not a good idea, go to a school because a school is an open office. So look at how terrible a, a setup that any high school you've ever seen is. A lot the, uh, the high school I went to, they had those big like round-ish desks. And it, it looked like an open office. And you know what happens when you do that? Everyone can see what you're doing. And you know what the problem is there? It's really distracting. So if someone walks across the room, like, you know, your teacher slash your manager, they walk across being like, I, I want to see what you're doing, then that's really distracting. Where if you... And the other thing is you can see what other people are doing. So if someone else is, like, just wasting time not doing anything, not making noise, but they're just, like, twiddling a pen, or they're, like just looking up at the ceiling, that's a bit distracting, whereas if you just put people in a cubicle, I know some people aren't a big fan of cubicles, but the nice thing about that is you don't have to look at people, obviously your manager's still going to pop their head around and try to look at everything that everyone's doing, because that's what a manager does, but that's that's all a manager does, (laughs) Um, but you don't have to deal with looking at other people, and that that, I think, is one of the benefits of working from home. Now, the one thing that I don't think is going to change if everyone's just suddenly allowed to work from home, I don't think businesses are going to, like, um, relax on working hours. Obviously, a lot of the startup places where they are very program focused, they're going to probably do that because they already know how remote work works. Remote remote work works. Yeah, that's fine. Um, but... If you're a place that isn't used to remote work and you're like, okay, we have employees that are full-time. They are in the office from 9 to 5. So if they're in the office from 9 to 5, that means they need to be at home working from 9 to 5. When in reality, the way you should be doing remote work is if you want to work 9 to 5, that's cool. Do that if you want to do that. If you want to work, I don't know, 5 to 1, do that if you want to. It doesn't really matter. And that, I think is one of the benefits that I think will go away if the boomer companies decide to take up remote work more heavily. They're going to force people to still be doing remote work during the times that they normally have hours. Now, it's obviously important for some sort of employees to be working during those hours. Like If you're doing help desk stuff, absolutely, you should be there during business hours. In those cases, yeah, it makes sense to... If you're a IT help desk employee to be on call 9 to 5. That's fine. I don't think anyone's going to really argue with that. Or anyone who is customer facing. If you're... or Yeah, yeah actually customer facing works. So if you're a, a call center, then you need to be available during the business hours for the business. That's fine. Anything that's customer facing or anything... Yeah, really customer facing are the big ones. Or anything where you... Have some your your job is kind of tied to the business hours. Like if you're the IT guy for the business, you can say if all your remote or if all your uh, employees are remote workers, you can still say okay. So even though you're all doing remote work, the IT guy will only be available from nine to five or eight to six, eight to six, eight to four, whatever. That still works. But for anyone who doesn't have a customer facing position then it doesn't really make sense to force them into the traditional 9-to-5 model if they are working from home. But, as I said earlier, if you like that model, that's cool. I would probably... I think when I was doing remote work, I was doing something like 8 till 2 or something, because I wasn't working full-time, it was part-time work. Um, I was starting early and then finishing pretty early. Or I might have been... No, I I was still working at Coles at the time. No, no, I think I was doing it early, yeah. So I was getting up early, and then I was finishing work early, and then I just did whatever I wanted for the rest of the day. That was during the time when I was pretending like I didn't have time to do exercise, which obviously was nonsense, because I was working 20 hours a week, and I was at uni, which is less than what I'm doing now, because now what I'm doing is... I'm working about ten hours a week. Plus, I'm doing uh, what? What does my videos end up being about? So let's say let's say about average, I'm doing three hours a day on video content, and that's just my main channel. So that's twenty one hours there. Then I've got my podcast, which I would say adds another five or six hours when it comes. Maybe we'll go five hours. So when it comes to recording it editing it, cutting out the clips, making all the thumbnails, let's say that works out to be about four or five hours, so I'm working 10 hours a week on my job, 25 hours a week on my content creation, I'm also doing uni, so that's also 20-something hours a week, I think I have less time than I did then, and I'm still finding time to exercise, turns out that you, you probably have time, and you're just really lazy about it, and that is for most people, now obviously... Not everyone is like that. Some people actually do have busy schedules. Like, I don't know how Joe Rogan finds time to do stuff, for example. I keep bringing up Joe, but he does, like, two, three-hour podcasts in a day sometimes. And he has a family. And he has another job, like, as a as a fight commentator. How? How do you find time to do stuff? I don't know. I, I, I don't know how you'd find time to do stuff when you... Three or two, three-hour podcasts would completely destroy me in a day. I don't know how anyone can do that. Like, just one of these podcasts is enough for me. I'm like, okay, that's enough talking today. I don't want to talk to anyone else anymore. I'll, I'll go do some, like, physical activity. I don't want to talk to people now. I've talked too much. And that's how I'm starting to feel right now, actually. Mmm. <laughs> <clears throat> What are we doing? Hour fifteen? Yeah, that's maybe we'll keep going for a bit till we go to hour thirty or so. So what else do we have in here? Did I talk about the I don't know, did I talk about the the motherboard last week? I think I did. I ended up um well if I didn't, I bought a X three ninety motherboard, which is an Intel motherboard, ninth gen Intel, eighth and ninth I think. And that wasn't the motherboard I was supposed to buy. What I was supposed to buy instead was an AM4 board, which is an X570. And, the yeah, yeah. So do, here's, here's my advice. If you're buying PC hardware online, double and triple check your parts, especially if you're buying it late at night, because you might forget what you're supposed to buy and buy the wrong one. So, that's just my piece of advice for you. Make sure you actually know what you're buying. Well, I knew knew what I was buying, but I didn't know it was in my cart. That was the problem. So, make sure you know what's in your shopping cart, because otherwise you might end up spending $300 on things you don't need. But I did end up selling that pretty quickly, I would say, in about half a week or so. Um, Some dude gave me like $150 for it, which is half of what I paid for it, so... Honestly, I was happy to take $100, but I managed to talk him up to $150. So, that, yeah. It, I was honestly just happy to get anything back for it because I just, I didn't want to look at it anymore. I, there was no way I was going to be able to return it because I don't think most places accept I bought the wrong motherboard because I'm a moron. Um, so, I don't think I was going to be able to return it. So, I got it sold, and now we don't have to look anymore, because now I've got my X570P, and that's going to be going in my uh, my desktop soon. Hopefully, it all works. If it doesn't, I will be sad, because then I'll have to go get some new parts, and uh, I guess if it doesn't work, I could get a refund for that, but for anything else, yeah... But I kind of need a new desktop soon-ish, because I need it for uni stuff, because I've been letting my team member doing uh, do basically all of the programming work for our, our owners project, and I've just been doing the documentation. So it's not like I've been doing nothing. I've gotten pretty much all of the documentation that's not due for another seven weeks done. So I guess I guess that's good, because that documentation has been boring as hell. And I'm going to be really excited to not be doing that anymore. Hopefully, hopefully everything works. And all I have to do then is just get Arch installed on it. Then get all of my configs set up over there. Get get a a VM set up. And then install Windows on the VM. Because I actually need Windows to do stuff. Because I'm doing stuff within uh, Unity. And the Linux version of Unity is a little bit too new for the project we're working on. I think we need... It's one of the older LTS releases, and yeah, it's it's going to be easier if I just do it on Windows, because I think I can download an older version of the package, but getting it actually working, and like getting the project working and all of that, just it's going to be easier if I just do it on the OS that the project was written for, and yeah, hopefully that goes well. I think I might need to end up watching a another build guy, because it's been so long since I've actually built a computer. I think it's been... <coughs> what was the newest... What was the newest generation of hardware at the time? I think... I feel like people were rocking Haswell at the time. So, 4th gen Intel? Maybe 5th gen Intel. So, it's been a good few years... But, really, nothing's changed. I just need a refresher on how to do stuff. I've obviously watched a bunch of build guides before in the past, because I, I watched, like, seven before I actually built a computer the first time. So, a lot of that knowledge is still there. I could probably do it, but I will just double-check with stuff. I'll probably need to look at how to... I can obviously read the instruction manual for it, but look at how to actually install my CPU cooler, because I've got a N... What is it? NH, NHU N-H-U-12S. So really ugly CPU cooler, but really good CPU cooler, and yeah, it's it's a, a Noctua cooler. So if you know anything about Noctua, you know that all of their coolers and all of their fans are beige, beige and white, because of course it is. I don't I don't know why they do that. I feel like they do that just to just to make it so the only people who buy their hardware are people who actually want good hardware, not people who just want good-looking hardware. I know at one point... Actually, they still do them. You can get the uh, the blackout fans for the Noctua coolers, and obviously for, like, case fans. And there was also a point where they did a thing with Linus Tech Tips, where you could get the black and orange coolers. Uh, black and orange uh, fans. But generally, everything they do... Is white and beige so <laughs> yeah um yeah that's that's pretty much it for the the computer it should yeah i don't know <laughs> oh i i almost forgot about this so on my notes i've got written down uh i've accepted my toilet paper fate and then i put an addendum to that which is uh not anymore boys so I I think I was down to three rolls as of a couple of days ago. And then my housemate managed to find a nine pack. And then my work now has a bunch of eight packs. So we're now at like wh- whatever that that works at 20 rolls, something like that. Which is, it's not not great, but it's better. That'll last a month and a half or so. I I haven't actually worked out the numbers for how long that'll actually last. But I was at the point where I was like, you know what? I've just accepted my fate so <laughs> if we run out of toilet paper i'll just use tissues it's fine or i'll get a hose or you know you can obviously just go to the shower and just do a bit of stomping whatever you're into <laughs> but this has made me really want to buy a bidet when i uh when i get into my own place because really really that's a much cleaner way like think about it is there any other part of like this? Um, Is there any other part of your body where if you got shit on it, you would just smear it all over your body? No. No, you wouldn't, because that's gross. But you do it with your butt. So, that's a bad idea, pretty much. So, I'll probably get... um, Like, you can get uh, bidet attachments, which I know have also been going up in price. um, Because, obviously, people couldn't buy toilet paper, but they actually could. That's the thing. You could always buy toilet paper, but you could only get it in, like, the big industrial crates so you know how in um public toilets and offices they'll usually have those big massive rolls you could still buy those you could even get like two or three ply versions of those which i didn't know existed um but you can only buy them in four meter by four meter crates so it's not exactly the most economical way actually it is pretty economical it's not the most um feasible way to do it I don't know how much would be in a box like that, but yeah, a 4m by 4m crate, because you can only get them from like the big office supplies, and they don't sell single rolls, or just little packs of them, you can only buy what you'd need for an office, which I was considering, because it is really cheap, it's like 100 Australian to buy one of those boxes, which is ridiculous, I don't know how much is in that box, but it's definitely not... Only a hundred dollars worth, that's for sure. Especially if it was in um, home-sized rolls, I think it would be more like at least two, three hundred dollars worth of toilet paper if it was in the regular like thirty-two pack rolls that you'd normally buy from places. Um, but yeah, that was an option. I don't know how long it would have taken to ship though, because everyone everyone's shipping is taking a really long time right now, just because it one it's Easter, or it's going through Easter. Uh, So, obviously, shipping was slow because of that, and then you had all of the quarantines and all of that stuff, so there's less people doing deliveries, and there's more deliveries happening. So, you have less people working, more deliveries happening, and it just doesn't work. So, a lot of the delivery companies were hiring people, but (laughs) anyone who... I don't know how many people they would have ended up getting. I'm sure there's a lot of people who were really struggling for money, who were like, they will happily do delivery work, but I feel like there would have also been a lot of people who'd say, well, I'm not going to risk myself by doing that. So, I don't know how many people they would have ended up finding for that. Presumably, it's, it's going to be fine at some point. Don't know, though. I think the thing we'll end this on is, have you been looking at the prices for webcams, so I've got a Logitech C920, go onto eBay and look at the price for a Logitech C920, you will be shocked by how ridiculously expensive it is, this was $120 Australian, which is about $60 or $70 US, that's the normal price, $300 in Australia, I've seen oh, prices higher now. I've seen $400 as well. For a C920, what's happening is, um, I think I think what has happened is, early on, a lot of the businesses were buying them up so they could give them to their employees. And because of that, the, the uh, stock started to run short. When the stock started to run short, you had a bunch of opportunists who also started to buy the webcams as well. So... They bought up all the webcams. They're now sold out basically everywhere. I don't think you can actually get a C920 or a C922 or a Brio for that matter. So all of that happened. And then what they started to do, because they are sold out everywhere, just jack up the prices. Because no one's going to stop you charge, like overpricing for a, a webcam. Obviously, they were pe- um, on, like on eBay and on Gumtree and on Amazon and stuff. They stop people selling toilet paper at extraordinary prices. Extraordinary? Ex, extra, Extraordinary. I think extraordinary is correct. Um, exorbitant. Exorbitant is the word I was thinking. Of. Exorbitant prices. But no one's talking about what's been happening with webcams. People are trying to sell webcams for double and triple and even quadruple the actual retail price. Just because... People need them for work. Now, obviously, that you don't actually need them. If you have a phone, you can use Zoom on this. You can be like, I'm going to talk in front of people like this. That's an option. And I don't know why more people don't do that. What you could do is you could put this up. Really, you could just, like, lean this down on your desk looking at your face. There's so many webcams that have webcams on, like, the bottom of the screen. So people are going to be looking up your nose with those ones anyway, so it wouldn't even be that w- much, like, worse, really. But what you could also do is just stack up some books or something and kind of just create, like, a, a pseudo-stand for this. And really, that would be just as good, maybe even... I think the... If you've got a modern smartphone, the, uh, the webcam on... Or the, the webcam... The camera on this is better than any webcam. And if you've got, like, a Galaxy or anything like that, or an iPhone, then, yeah the camera on this is going to be better than any webcam, but I think there's so many people who don't realize that you could just do that, and they're trying to buy up webcams instead. But as I was saying, the initial oversale of them was probably businesses. And then you had the opportunists, and now you have people who are like, I need a webcam when you don't actually need a webcam. I was looking at buying a second one because on the podcast, my guest has to look at basically my internal webcam which from time to time will decide to color correct on white and decide to make my face completely white which isn't the best look sometimes it's fine sometimes it's really bad so I wanted to get a second c920 or like a c922 and have that as my uh, my basically my um, my podcast webcam so that they still have a good look of my face instead of just having to deal with that terrible one and I will need the second one with the, uh, the podcast, though, uh, because when I do it on my desktop, they won't actually have a webcam stream, which is a little annoying, so... Maybe I could share... <laughs> I guess that's an option. I could share my screen and share my recording of... Or share my OBS thing to them. That would be a way to do it, I guess. Because it's not really. I guess maybe next week I'll record the podcast on this. Maybe this isn't the last episode that'll be on the laptop. Maybe I'll do one more because I'm trying to get a webcam. Actually, I'll probably do like five more if that's the case. I don't know. I might. I might just accept that they, like my guests, just won't have a webcam stream, and they'll just have to look at nothing the entire time. Or, as I said, I could just do my ghetto uh, screen sharing one. <laughs> That is also an option as well. So, we've just passed over an hour and a half. So, you know what? I think I'll end it there. Because I've kind of... I'm, I don't know how good of an episode this will be, really. I feel like this was kind of a, a lackluster one. Especially after last week. I feel like last week was actually a pretty good episode. So, if you're coming from that one as your first one. And you're watching this one. You're like, oh, this is a little boring. And yeah, you're probably right. It is a little bit. But maybe... Maybe people found it interesting. I don't know. Next week, it should be a bit better, though. I've got my mate, uh, Corey, coming on. And, yeah, I think the, the week after that, I've been talking to Tamor about it, and he should be coming on soon. And I know some uh, some small Linux creators who I reckon I could easily get onto the podcast. A couple of guys I know through library. So I'll, bring, I'll try to bring them on at least, and maybe that'll make some fun content, because... The pod, the solo podcasts, I think, are good sometimes, and then other times you get what we had today, where it was like, oh, "Is that a good episode? I don't know." I'll leave, I'll leave that up to you. I usually feel really terrible about everything I record because it's just like I've I'm I'm sick of hearing my own voice at this point. And maybe you're not. Maybe you actually enjoy the podcast. Maybe you actually enjoy the uh my voice. Don't know why you'd enjoy that. It's it's a nasally Australian voice. I, I'm not your ears though. So before I end the podcast, I just want to thank a few people. So I want to thank Nathan, Andrew, Road, Elquilaro, Ray, and Silva. So if you don't know, I've actually got more patrons now. If you haven't, um, paying attention to the main channel, Nathan decided to donate $16 a month to the channel. I don't know why. I really, really appreciate it. But he just, yeah, he's like, oh yeah, he's just $16 a month. Like, you do know that's a Netflix subscription, right? You can pay for Netflix with that or you could get like a Spotify account. Why are you giving me $16 a month? I appreciate it, but I don't know why you're doing it. So yeah, that, thank you to all of those people. Uh, There'll be links down below for the audio version. If you're already listening to the audio version, you know about that already, but if you don't, links down below, check out the audio version. Also, Amazon affiliate links to buy the gear I use to make these videos, like my lights, my webcam. Can't buy the webcam, you can buy the lights though. And... I think that's it, actually. Um, alternate Video Platform, BitTube Library. Do, no, I don't have BitTube for this. I'm thinking my main channel. Alternate Video Platform Library is also YouTube, obviously. And I'm rambling. Uh, I'm going to end it there. I still don't have a outro for these. So, you know what? I might just play the, the top contender for my, my new intro. I did play this last time when I was... Oh, it actually wasn't last time. It was like two weeks ago. Uh, I did play that song. I'm really thinking about just using it as my intro now. I'm not really sure. I guess I will... I will have to decide. Maybe I'll find something else, though. I'm still, I'm still thinking about what I want to do with the intro. It's up in the air. If I can find a better song, I'll happily use that. If someone has a song they want me to use, obviously, a song I can actually use. Don't request something that is obviously not going to be possible but if there's some like license I can pay for to use that isn't too expensive then I'll be happy to do that i've been looking at some stuff on artlist and i've found a couple of a couple of creators who i think make pretty good content and i still haven't found anything that really is like that jumps out to me as the song that i want to use to represent my podcast so i think i'll end it there I think that's... Yeah, yeah, I'll definitely end it there. (laughs) Anyway, um, I don't have a guest to say anything with today, so I will sign off. I'm out.